0: What's up guys it's la welcome to the la experience podcast today we have a very special guest jonathan kostner and we're gonna have a really open dialogue today about depression and also learn a little bit about his story as well and you know i really want you guys to watch this entire episode i think that there's gonna be a lot of points covered here when it comes to battling depression you know some really key steps that you can take yourself and, you know, whenever you find yourself in those positions where it just feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, I really hope that by the end of this episode, you're going to have some key steps to take to find your own light. So thanks for watching, guys. I hope you enjoy it. All right, guys. Welcome to the LAX podcast. We have our special guest today, Jonathan Costner. He's, uh, well, you're 21 years old, right? Yep. And you're yep. from, you live in Missouri. Oh, actually, I'm
1: 22. I just turned oh, 22 a really? month, month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, man. Sorry. Well, After 21, I kind of forget about them
0: yeah i just turned 33 like a couple weeks ago and i keep on saying oh, 32 like
1: <laughs> yeah i'd say i like, belated birthday i'm man. older
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah man you're, so you you're originally from indiana living in missouri now you have severe hemophilia a um but yeah that's uh why don't you kind of tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and, and okay. your story?
1: Um, so i was originally born in indiana and my real dad was kind of a piece of shit. So quickly, my mom. Sorry, I, can I cuss on here? Yeah, absolutely. OK, OK, yeah. So my mom got me out of there and we ended up uh, moving down south into a small town called Donovan. And that's where my grandma lived. And we were there probably till I was about four or five. And yeah. we had a few stepdads who were just abusive. And, you know, with me and my mom and my older brother, just like, so your instance, mom actually, one...
0: your mom actually married them. Then she uh,
1: didn't she didn't marry them, but it was just like boyfriends, boyfriends here and there. there. Pretty much just finding like new places to live because um, my grandma kicked my uh mom out just because of uh family issues and stuff like that. So yeah. So with our last um or my last stepdad before the current one I have, he was just extremely abusive. Um he had a daughter and her daughter had a book of how she wanted to kill my mom. Oh, and wow there was a little boy who one time pushed me down the stairs and I ended up breaking my arm. And luckily my older brother was behind me and he saw that, but the kid tried saying that I just fell and that he didn't shut me. So, you know, he saved me there, but yeah, we were uh, trying to leave one time and he came out there and just started slitting the tires. So he couldn't, and then that's when my current stepdad showed up and pretty much was just like, I'm taking them from you. And like, really? There's nothing really you can do. So wow
0: yeah. man. When were when so like
1: real quick, when were you diagnosed with hemophilia? I was diagnosed. They tested me as soon as I came out the womb. Okay. Because my older brother, when he came out, they didn't test him or anything. And yeah. he ended up getting a big old bump on his head and it wouldn't go away for like a month and a half. So my mom got worried about it took him to the hospital and they mm. found out he had hemophilia. So oh, wow. s- same one as me. And then
0: are you guys the first in the family or was there prior? Yeah.
1: Nope. Prior to- first in the family, no other besides my cousin, but he's younger than me and he only okay. has moderate, but I have a older brother and a younger brother, both with severe. So,
0: okay. So even, even I, so I'm guessing your mom's boyfriends knew that you guys had, you know, a bleeding disorder. Yeah. And yeah. They, they were still just abusive and yep. not really giving a shit about what happened.
1: Yeah. Nope. It was, it was a really small uh, country town. So, you know, it was uh, the men mentality of don't be a pussy and stuff like that. And Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But other than that, we ended up moving into uh, six hours away from there to this town called Warrensburg, Missouri. And then yeah. ever since then, it's been my home and it's, I've been pretty grateful since because if you know I never moved away I'd probably be selling meth with my stepdad or some sort of little life stuff like that so
0: yeah so it didn't seem like there was much to offer there
1: no so now currently I'm uh going to school I'm in my second semester well second year trying to finish up and hopefully next semester I'm gonna go into the nursing program okay but it all depends
0: doing some like basic studies right now of some sort well
1: i'm actually past my gen eds and right now i'm in like the human anatomy and just like learning like about the body and stuff like that so yeah but it's just if i uh, pass this human anatomy class next semester i'll be able to get into the nursing program so Hmm. that's the goal right now but like another topic we wanted to get on was depression it's it's been really hard with school and stuff like that. Cause man, just trying to focus and learn new terms and stuff like that. When you got a bleed, that's just aching away at you, you know, it's just, yeah, it attacks you mentally.
0: So let's talk about your, like your bleeds and stuff that like, you know, now, and then also growing up, like, did you have like some kind of target joint that's just like, you're constantly bleeding for that joint.
1: I had a lot of joints in my left shoulder and um, with my left elbow. Um, I actually here recently last month had a, shoulder surgery they went in and kind of cleaned out the joint and i actually had a couple of cysts that formed so they they filled those cysts with this type of material that basically turned it to bone so that bone will like fuse with my bone but
0: yeah it was just way
1: too much pain and like i still had range of motion but like sometimes when i'd be lifting up high I'd get that like nerve pinch and i'd have to just completely drop my arm and just you know i'm still getting range of motion back but it's definitely a lot better but you
0: lost a lot of range of motion though
1: uh, I mean, I'm still a re- kind of recovering from the surgery, so I'm hoping yeah. that after after a little bit more recoveries, I yeah. get it back. But
0: yeah, what about your elbow? How's that? But
1: the elbow, so I've actually broken my left arm twice or in the elbow, so I think mm-hmm. that's why you know it's such a target joint for me. But I mean, all the time I'd kind of have my arm just like resting up on my chest, and my mom would always be like, You got to bleed, and just you know, that's yeah. kind of her sign to be able to tell because. I was going easy on it and not really using it as much, but
0: Mm.
1: I'm just grateful. I had a mom who actually, you know, advocated for us and got us out of all those sticky situations. So,
0: yeah. How was, how was school life for you and your brothers? Like, Uh, I mean, did you guys tell your friends? I mean, were you missing a lot of school? Were you able to even focus on school?
1: I mean, as a kid, man, we had to wear like the helmets and knee pads and stuff like that when we'd go on the playground and, you know, as a kid all the kids are wondering like why are you wearing that so I mean I didn't I wasn't comfortable really telling people about it until yeah. probably like freshman year of high school okay. just because like I don't know I was always looked at very different because of it and you know I had to miss a lot of school because of it and just in times in class it'd just be hard to even focus really because yeah. you know you can, one day you can walk and then the next day you're showing up to class with crutches so people you know yeah ask questions and kind of look at you so
0: yeah, man, being a young person and just trying to, like, wrap your head around, you know, why you're feeling the way you're feeling, why you think the way you think and, you know, why things seem so much harder. You know, it's it's something that I've like a revelation that I've had as I gotten older. And I'm just like, man, I was so confused as a kid. Oh yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. It so. just
1: didn't. It seems so weird seeing all your friends being able to do all these things and not have to worry about what would happen next. And, you know, if we're too rough one day or if we even just walk too much, our legs are getting, you know, sore, a bleed could possibly start. Yeah. And it just, it's a big, uh, it just kills your mood. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of bullying growing up, but I think once I kind of got into like eighth grade, ninth grade, I was kind of just past mm. people bullying me for like it is who I am. So I'm just going to kind of accept it and. You know, I don't really want those people around me in my life anyway, so I don't really care what they think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you like, ever go through a time where you, like, really didn't want to infuse and you kind of, like, neglected it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably eighth grade and, like, maybe seventh grade just Mm. because me and my brother just were always not wanting to – my mom would try to infuse us, but we, like, we just – Yeah. We're so sick of getting these shots so often. It's just. Yeah. You know. Did
0: did that ever cause like more damage though? Like did you realize later on like, man, maybe I should have infused. Oh, yeah.
1: Because I was younger when I broke my arms and stuff like that. So I feel like I should have stayed up to date on that more. And I know I was outside more. So I was playing more. And I definitely should have, you know, been up to date on that. And now I'm definitely, you know, trying to stay up on it and make sure.
0: Yeah. Trying to help my
1: brother stay up on it too. Cause you know, I just trying to look out for my brothers.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. man, I think it's so important. That's why I'm bringing it up, you know, for the next generation of bleeders to just know like, Hey man, we, like we feel the same way you feel, but learn from our mistakes. You know, we, we should have been more adamant about exactly being on our regimen. So I think it's really cool to hear you say like, Hey man, like, yeah, it was a mistake, but you know,
1: yeah, let's learn from it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you like, and then you just like, you know, through all your bleeds and stuff like that, I get, you became passionate about, about healthcare and helping others. Or tell me about how, like, what, what led you to that, to that direction?
1: Honestly. So going to my hematologist appointments. So it was always connected with the cancer department. And every time I'd go as a kid, I would always see these cancer patients. And it just kind of like hurt my heart to see, you know, the pain that they were going through. And it made me, you know, be a little grateful that yeah, hemophilia sucks, but you know, it could always be worse. And I just, I remember I was like nine or 10 and I just left this like little note for this girl who had cancer. And it just, you know, that kind of stuck with me and I just always felt passionate about wanting to help people be better and like have a doctor that actually, or nurse that they can tell the passions there. And like, they really yeah. want them to be better. Cause growing up, I've gone to so many emergency rooms and like stuff like that. And these nurses and stuff had like no idea really about what hemophilia was or yeah, just it makes you feel lonely. Cause like you're going to them for help and like, mm. you don't, you don't know what's wrong. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, there, there is nothing worse than seeing a kid suffer, you know, someone who just yeah. has no control over why exactly. they feel that way. And so that's, that really that hits me too, man. And that's, that's why I do what I do too, like within the community is just because, you know, I'm grateful now to have built so many relationships in the community and I've had parents send me pictures of their kids and, like man it just breaks my heart like yeah, i don't know i, mean, I just i it, hate seeing kids suffer
1: yeah it's it's not a good feeling man even and though like
0: i know that like this disorder has made me stronger and it's made me a better yeah. person it's still like man you wouldn't give this to your worst enemy you know
1: yeah exactly man and you know it's i kind of look at it sometimes as like a blessing in disguise because like you said it makes you stronger and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i almost feel like if i wasn't a hemophiliac i could probably not wanting, I wouldn't be one to pursue school. I'd probably, you know, be goofing off with friends still just yeah. probably drinking way more than I should. And just, you know, stupid yeah. stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, I hear you. So like, kind of like on this topic, like somebody brought this up to me, like last week and they messaged me and they came at me very defensive at first. And then we ended up building like a friendship afterwards, yeah. but he was like, uh, I don't understand how I was able to make the decision to have children with having hemophilia. And he really wanted to know what was my thought process of doing that. And so I did start to think about it recently. And, you know, for me, it was a little different because I was, I was, you know, 19 years old. I was crazy. I was, I didn't care about life. And I was, you know, I was having sex with whoever I wanted, unprotected sex. And, And then I had a kid. So it yeah. wasn't like I made an adult decision and, you know, and, did yeah. that. but I started thinking like, you know, what is the thought process behind that? Like, what do you, what's, I kind of wanted to just get your idea. Like, what do you, what do you think about that?
1: Honestly, man, that's a topic that I've really thought about a lot because I want a family someday and, you know, it kind of breaks my heart. Cause I feel like it's either me who doesn't have the kids or it's maybe my daughter has the decision I'm not wanting to have a kid because she could potentially give it to her boy and i know the woman could still carry and be affected by it so you know i wouldn't even want her to be affected by it as well but it's you know it sucks but i feel like with how like technologically advanced in science we are
0: Mm. i
1: feel like you know things will you know just look brighter and brighter as we keep going so i feel like we shouldn't have to deprive ourselves from having kids and enjoying that aspect of life because i feel like kids can bring you so much so much love and just teach you so many things you know you never knew
0: life itself is just a beautiful thing you know and we're all gonna i feel like we all suffer from some kind of you know trials tribulations it could be you know health financial whatever like we're all gonna go through something but i don't think that that's a reason to just be like you know what this doesn't deserve life you know deserve the opportunity to feel fulfillment and happiness
1: exactly that's kind of
0: my mindset now with it is just like you know what like my daughter yeah she like she can possibly pass it on to a son but man she's changed my life and i know that i work harder to change her life you know to be a good role model for exactly man to give her a a life that maybe other people couldn't have given her so
1: and just like it's an extra bit of motivation you know yeah As hemophilia it gets really dark some days and you know I sit and think about who I'm really grateful for. And, you know, if you have a kid, man, you can't, you can't leave your kid like that, you know, they need you. So
0: yeah, it's
1: just, you know, extra happiness and something to kind of help keep you around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, with this episode, you know, I really, you know, I'm really thankful that you decided to come on and that you're willing to be real open about depression because it's such a hot topic in our community. And I feel like there's so many things that people need to learn and understand about it. So I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about some things. And, you know, my first question is like, you know, you've been battling a chronic disorder your entire life. When did you realize that depression was seeping into that as well? And that that was a major, Mm. picking a major role in your life?
1: Probably once I got maybe like 17, you know, I started working jobs and stuff like that. And I quickly realized, like working these physical jobs, it was hard to keep up and, you know, be able to maintain paying my bills and, you know, stuff like that. And then I kind of, you know, my friends would go out and do these things and, you know, I couldn't really go along with them or like if I bumped, you know, my elbow into a wall, you know, now I have a bleed in my arm and my whole nights, you know, kind of, I'm just fixated on that pain. So, yeah. I definitely think it was when, you know, I started working and stuff like that. And I just kind of, I felt like I was limited, even though, you know, I'm looking at you and you, you, you're you lifting all these weights and it's it's fucking crazy and more power to you. But
0: yeah.
1: I just, I would definitely say, you know, 17 to probably 18 is when it started seeping in. And I just, my adulthood kind of, I was getting more responsibilities on top of having the hemophilia complications. Mm. So it was just, you know when I was younger and all I had to really worry about was like video games, homework and yeah shot here and there and icing but now you know I gotta pay my bills, I gotta maintain my car, I gotta, you know Yeah man. I mean, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, for me you know, you like you just mentioned like me lifting weights and stuff like that. But it's it's kind of a deceiving thing because um you know I really I've used bodybuilding now as like my platform just to like, you know, help reach people and, and to show people like the fire that I had inside of me and like, you know, something happened to me a long time ago that just flipped the switch. And, um, you know, I, my first career path was to be a professional golfer and, you know, because of all the damage in my left elbow and my right ankle, I can no longer walk nine holes of golf, you know? And so, I have found a way through being relentless and determined to like figure out how to lift weights and build muscle. And luckily I found this sport because like, I'm just a a competitive person. I I love, I love sports. Yeah. And you know, it's like a part of my life that, that is fulfilling to me, but you know, so I'm lucky that I found that, but you know, what I'm trying to say though is like, I went through that same stage, man, when I was a young dad and I had bills to pay. I had mouths to feed. Now I had a wife at the time who was looking, looking up to me to be the man. And dude, in our heart, we're like, we're like, we are the man. Like we're like, man, we we could do it. We can do whatever. And I was pushing myself, man. I was doing, I was doing landscape work. I was doing a construction work. You know, I was trying to work as a server. I mean, I literally tried every job and I was just failing and failing and failing and every morning was harder and harder. I remember my, my ex-wife, you know, I'd wake up and I couldn't walk. I couldn't put on my work shoes and just that constant battle every day of being in, being in excruciating pain and being like, man, I, I have to find a way to do it. And then you go into work and you're limping and you're in such pain and your boss is like, what the hell's up with this guy, man? Like he's, you know, and I I didn't, I didn't, I will, I didn't advocate for myself that much back then. Yeah, I, w- I was so embarrassed, and people would just be like, "Man, he's lazy," or "What the fuck is he doing?" Yep. You know, and and I've I heard get, that. I would get fired, and I wouldn't say a word, dude. I would literally—I can't tell you how many times I got fired—and I would just put my head down and walk away.
1: Yep, that's happened to me multiple times. I uh, I worked at this Dairy Queen from I was like 15 to about 19, and busted my tail off. I was the manager, you know, working like 40 hours a week. And I was trying to become the assistant manager. And then um, next thing you know, this girl comes and basically just kisses a whole bunch of ass pretty much steals a position from me. And you know, my boss, I had a pretty good relationship with her. But she was like, you know, I'm sorry, we had to go with her just, she knew about hemophilia. So she's like, it's just sometimes hard to work around hemophilia, which, you know, that's, it demoralizes you man when you know yeah. you're working so hard as hard as you yeah. really can and they still just you get pushed to the curb because you know yeah, it's something you can't control and it it makes you feel bad because you want to be able to be there for them and
0: you know you don't want to leave them hanging but yeah. you really can only do what you can do and i know yeah man we're we're fighters inside but our body man it just that's the no <laughs> worst feeling when your body feels like nope
1: mm-hmm. yeah like
0: we're, we're not p-. nope not today buddy
1: <laughs> like we got to get through today man i'm sorry. Oh.
0: I know, man, that sucks. Um, But yeah, man, so I've just, I've had to make so many crazy adjustments. I'm thankful for where I'm at today in life because I'm very limited to like today as well. I, I really can't work on my feet anymore. And so, yeah, that causes, causes a lot of depression. And another thing that I realized like, is even when you don't think that, like, even if you're not going through like a certain situation like that, just the daily pain it like accumulates, I feel like, and yeah. like, all of a sudden you start becoming crabbier or moodier. Yep. And it's like, you don't even really know why, but it's because, I mean, it's because we're so used to, I feel like dealing with pain that we don't realize that like it all kind of builds up and, and that causes mm. depression, you know, even when we don't it, think we are.
1: Yeah. My, uh, ex fiance, I, I, I would always get kind of take out my, uh, anger and not anger but just like frustration on her and i'd be snappier like just, she could tell i was in a real bad mood and yeah and it just it, it frustrated her a bit but you know she somewhat understand but
0: yeah that was my next question man it's like how is it how has depression affected your relationships you want to talk about that
1: yeah let's uh i mean well i had a fiance of uh seven years and we actually just split last uh mother's day so it's almost about been a year now, but... Okay. Um, you know, she knew about it pretty much from the get-go, and, you know, she yeah. was always pretty nice with helping me with my infusions and stuff like that, but she could tell I was always depressed, and, you know, and it just kind of, I feel like, took a toll because yeah, being the person to, like, hear about all the problems and stuff like that can sometimes just be a little, you know, exhausting for somebody, and I just so you think
0: that's what ultimately took a toll on your relationship was
1: um i think i don't think it was really the depression i think the reason we split is just mainly because we were young and we thought this is what we wanted but yeah we kind of realized you know there's uh, so much more to life and i feel like it wouldn't be right for both of us if we didn't kind of get to explore our lives on our own because i mean we've been together since i was like 15 she was 14 and I was 21 and she was 20 when we split, so okay quite some time, but you know I've spent this last year really trying to like find myself, and that's kind of how I've been wanting to like get into the hemophilia community more because I don't know if you know uh, Zach Bordone, but
0: yeah he's a I don't know him personally, but I think yeah. I've, I've seen him around
1: he, he's a real good friend of mine, and he's one of the first people I uh, reached out to when I joined this hemophilia. Yeah, support group. And he was, you know, an amazing tool for me. And he was able to help me out with so much and just kind of like basically help me feel not alone because at that point I was feeling, you know, pretty alone. And just, I just feel like I've always put way too much pressure on myself that I have to succeed. And I feel like that on top of the depression is just kind of like
0: mm-hmm.
1: put a heavy workload on my shoulders. And it feels like it's hard to push through. But, you know, I just got this mentality of not wanting to quit. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean I probably cry like every
0: other day. So Yeah. But so you're like so you're single now? Yeah, I'm single now. Okay.
1: Single now, enjoying the single life. Just,
0: so just working know. on are like you kind of like just currently just working on yourself and Yeah,
1: and we uh when we split up I actually went pretty hard on uh fitness and just trying to lose some weight and I dropped down from two thirty five to two ten. But then I uh COVID started and yeah I kinda got back into like a depressed slump.
0: Yeah, COVID's been rough for a lot of people. It's been tough. It's hard to get into a good groove. Yeah. There's so many guidelines and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Man.
1: But yeah, depression is just kind of, I feel like it's something we all, even if you like, have to deal with. It's just, yeah. we got to be able to, or we got to realize that there's, you know, we're all going through it. You just got to be able to reach out and talk to us because yeah. we all want to help each other. We don't want to see mm-hmm. ourselves fail and stuff like that.
0: So now that you have this opportunity, you know, spending more alone time with yourself, is there anything that you do or try to practice to kind of get to know yourself better, to be more like intentional and conscious about the things that you're going through?
1: Um, I was, I'm a huge weed smoker and I've really been trying to cut back on that and just like smoke at night because I realized once I smoke in the day, then I'm just kind of lazy and laying around and, you know, the motivation is kind of gone. So I've been trying to take Steps like that to change my life and just be able to, you know, be more conscious about what decisions I am making. Cause,
0: yeah,
1: you know, when I smoke, you know, I don't, I really don't care about what I eat or, you know, what I'm drinking. So, yeah, I'll grab some unhealthy stuff when I, when I know I'm not sober, I know I wouldn't want it. So, I'm trying to, you know, definitely reel off that. And I want to improve my overall body health because just getting weight off these joints, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it would help it out a lot.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. So that's, you know, that you were able to be aware that, you know, weed smoking was kind of taking a toll on you in some aspects and, and being able to, that's, I think that's what we all need to do is just, you know, we need to be able to sit back sometimes and think about our habits and our, you know, the things that we do on a daily basis. And, you know, are those things good for us? You know, is it, is it helping us progress forward each day? Um, a lot of times when we go through depression, you start wanting to live a life that's kind of just like mundane. And it's just kind of like, you know, you're maybe you're not even present. You're just living, you know, going, yeah. going, going through the motions.
1: Um, and that's I kind of feel like, you know, once you soak in that depression, it kind of just feels like you're on that. You're just on that smooth train that's just going and you're not there. It's just, you're yeah, just in this body in this void doing, you know, you're yeah, dude, just because you're here.
0: I personally, I think that most people, don't spend enough alone time with themselves, you know, yeah. even, even when you are alone, you know, most people are on their phones or watching Netflix or listening to music, you know, doing something. I feel like we, I feel like we do anything in our power to avoid being with our own thoughts. You but, know?
1: Yeah, that's so true, man. People and, just...
0: and I find that to be so powerful, man. It's yeah. Maybe it's not comfortable at first when you try to practice it, but man, sometimes you got to, address those thoughts you know yeah and have that in, internal conversation with yourself I'm like all right what do you let's talk. Let's yeah talk this, yeah talk out. yeah you know so
1: <laughs> sometimes you really just it definitely does feel weird at first but you know once you start actually talking and listening to yourself yeah you kind of you realize you know yeah this decision was not good for me or you know this habit's not good for me i don't know why i'm yeah. still doing it but like people just get so caught up with routine and you know, smokers such as myself, is just, it was such a routine. It's, you know, I go a day without it. It's just like my body, it was, you know, felt weird. Cause it's just stuck in that routine of smoking every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So man, what, like, when you think about the past 10 years of your life, when you, what, like out of those past 10 years, what makes you happy? Like, like what makes you feel fulfilled or makes you like smile? Like, is there any one thing in particular that you're just like, like this is what makes me truly me and happy
1: i probably have to say my mom and my brothers just cuz you know my older brother's 13 so he's growing up and you know i'm looking forward to getting closer to him and being able to yeah. you know actually have conversations like that but my older brother and my mom you know when we were younger we were all we really had so growing up and my mom always advocating for us to just kind of you know this woman loves me more than anything so yeah, she's kind of helped me like get this mindset yeah. of never giving up because yeah, watching that woman go through what she's gone through and still being able to you know go through it every day yeah, it's, it's inspiration like
0: yeah, I,
1: I, the days I think about when I you know want to quit or uh, you know suicide which I definitely not going to do suicide, but yeah. you know, the days when it was dark, you know, it's, I just thought about my
0: line. If you said it's never crossed your mind though. Yeah, exactly. It has for me too.
1: Yeah. And just during those times, you know, I, I would repeat like my mom's name and my brother's name and just think about why I'm so grateful that they're in my life. Cause yeah, you know, they, they make me happy. And you know, they, my older brother, I mean, he tells me like, he looks up to me and, you know, I've inspired him. So like hearing yeah. that from your older brother, when, you know, you used to look up to him and like, he helped Mm -hmm. me out growing up a lot. So it's just a great feeling. And just, yeah, it's nice. Just being, you know, praised and having that, man, that's,
0: that's awesome. And that's why I asked you that question is because I feel like when you're going through depression and stuff that like, you need, like, I frequently remind myself, you know, who needs me on my a game today, you know, like who, who needs me to be successful today? Because when you're suffering from depression, a lot of times you just get so honed in and focused on you, you know, it's like me, 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 me. Yeah. And it's hard not to, because our health is such so high maintenance, yeah. you know, but if you can start to like, really think about other people who truly need you to succeed and truly they need you on your best, on your A game, That 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 can mean anything as simple as, just having a good attitude, you know, the per- or being the person who brings the light to the room. Exactly. You know, like it can be things like that, and so I frequently remind myself of that, you know, especially when I'm going through like depression spells. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, well, my kids need me. You know, like, you know, yeah. my, my family needs me. My girlfriend needs me. You know, my 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 coworkers need me. Whatever it is, and it's just like being conscious of that every once in a while, man. It really does help because I feel like we it's easier to do things for other people. You know, when you're a real caring person, it's easier to be like, I'll do it for them. Yeah. Maybe you won't do it for yourself, but maybe, but for someone else you would.
1: Yeah. That's, that's my older brother, man. I, I try to do as much as I can for him and I've just, we've both kind of been in a financial rut recently and, you know, I've been able to like find out just, uh, like surveys for hemophiliacs you can do, and like I found one recently that like rewarded you five hundred bucks. So like, I sent it over to him, and just I've been trying to like give him resources and stuff yeah. like that, just so Ooh. you know, we both can get back up on top.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you kind of talked about like you know using fitness and and other things. Like you know, I want to talk about things. You know, when people are going through depression, a lot of times you know you're you just you get stuck and your mind just feels like limited. You kind of feel like, I don't even know what the next steps are to take. Like, I'm just like, I'm depressed. I don't know how to get out. And one of the things that I want to talk about are the things that we are a hundred percent controlling. And those are things like diet, fitness, you know, meditating, learning new things. Like what, are, you know, what have you done that you found has helped you? Like, as far as those things that are hundred percent in your, in your control,
1: things to kind of help me with my depression is when I was with my fiance. I know it's not a super productive thing but I've kind of got back into gaming a little bit with uh all my friends because you know once yeah. once you get involved with uh you know a girl you kind of she kind of becomes your life and you know you do a lot with her so you get to miss out on a lot and yeah just recently I've you know been able to game with some of my old friends like I you know used to and I actually got a guitar for Christmas and I've been wanting to, you know, learn how to play guitar because music just, and yeah. you know, speaks to my soul sometimes, man. And just, yeah, you know, awesome. yeah, but it, I actually have really bad arthritis in my right hand though. And I had that shoulder surgery, so I haven't been able to practice or do much with it recently. But, you know, that's something that I've been trying to get into. And honestly, you know, when I first started getting into fitness and I dropped those 25 pounds, mm-hmm. I felt great. And, you know, I was watching like alcohol, I consume, assume, you know, just what I eat and just like trying to do physical activity every day. And just overall, I felt great mentally. And well, you, noticed,
0: you, you noticed then when you were um, participating in fitness activities that your mentality was getting better.
1: Yeah. Uh, and like there's days I'll spend just scrolling on social media. Then once you get off, you kind of realize that was just a wasted 30 minutes or an hour, however long you really just spent on it. So yeah. I've been trying to get in, out of those mind numbing uh, habits that just kind of become
0: yeah. What about hard. like foods? Have you noticed like any certain foods like where when you're on a certain diet if it makes you feel better about your health and and well-being?
1: Um I try to never skip egg day. I try to always, you know, have an egg in the morning. Oh, yeah? Egg egg whites or like just yeah, I try to switch good. it up because it kind of gets a little you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Dude, I
0: love egg a- whites, man. You can do you can do a lot. Or I a- love egg a- 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 whites. A- wherever, yeah,
1: either way, man. I love eggs. A- I know some people don't, but you know you can do a lot with them. And yeah,
0: French toast, man. That's the way I go. Awesome. Oh yeah, the French toast some
1: protein French toast is good. Oh yeah. But um, <laughs> I i I cut out sodas completely, and you know I was trying to drink as much water as I could in a day, and man, you feel so much better and like yeah as a kid, my grandma always had sodas and like, it was just soda, soda, soda everywhere. So like mm. we'd wake up, go to the gas station, get a soda and just, you don't, re- you don't realize how much sugar and how bad that stuff is for you. And so you like yeah, sit there and just realize how
0: bad it makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Take yourself off a of soda, man. That's who I hate. Yeah. Oh, there's so much sugar and soda. I, I love diet soda. I'll drink diet yeah. soda all day, but Man, I could never let myself consume a real soda. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot of sugar, man. So yeah. I've
1: been, I've tried to cut off sugars and or like crazy amounts of sugar like that and just uh I've tried to like cut out fried foods. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes that gets hard. But I, I bought an air fryer so now I can just air fry Ooh. pretty much Dang. pretty much everything.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man. I made some salmon the other day. Oh, the dude. Flour. Dude, it was so good.
1: Salmon man. with some like broccoli and cauliflower in the air fryer just so good.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So like w- like when you, when you were like doing fitness stuff, like, did you ever find any, like, did you ever struggle with like your hemophilia getting bleeds and stuff while you were trying to do that? Cause I know a lot of people, they, they want to believe in, in doing fitness as a hemophiliac, but, um, yeah, I know there's benefits, but like, what are the struggles that you had with like trying?
1: I think, you know, one day I'd probably, getting too much into the groove and you i'd be like you know what fuck it i'm gonna push myself today and then mm-hmm. later on you're like man why did i do that you know i should have just stuck with the routine and what i was doing you know that was working for me or like
0: just going a little too hard and maybe getting yeah them-
1: just realize you know yeah. definitely push your limits when you can but you know don't do anything drastic that you can't handle yet yeah and uh another thing was uh I had to buy some running shoes just because from jogging slash running with what I was in was just causing a lot of stress on my joints, and I didn't have like a gym I could go to, so I was just doing it out on the country road where I live. So it was, okay. you know, a cement, yeah. so which is already not good for your yeah. joints. So
0: yeah, yeah, I but, can't run. I can't run anywhere unless it's like on a treadmill or an elliptical. To be honest, it is. Yeah, I can't even do treadmill really. But, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's. I mean,
1: it's inspiring, though, when you do work out and, you know, it is successful and you're seeing those results. But, yeah, it's also demoralizing when you want to keep going, but you got such a bad bleed
0: that it just is bringing you down or it's just too much pain to even try to yeah push through it. Yeah, I I just got a knee bleed recently and I've been I've been still working out and pushing myself because I have a show coming up in May. yeah. Um, and like I'm actually documenting my journey with Bayer. We're doing like this like oh, uh, yeah. doing this big campaign um, about believing in like aiming higher and it's basically we're trying to change the scope of what hemophiliacs believe they can achieve. And so it's gonna be myself and then there's this other social media influencer who does he doesn't have a bleeding disorder, but he he he's a big he's a big influencer though, and he's like he's known for walking the entire um was it country or continent country of africa or no oh. whatever like he, he yeah. walked walk africa by foot yeah so oh my god <laughs> dude that's crazy though can you imagine like, yeah
1: oh my god dude uh, i've gone to like a water park and walked around all day and you know my I feet know. were sore after that so I,
0: so him and i are teaming up and we're challenging each other and we're going to be documenting it on social media and stuff and hell yeah dude he's going to do like a crazy expedition and i'm mine mine is the to win my show in May 8th. And we're going, to, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, the key things that we do in order to like put a plan in place and actually implement it. And, yeah, you know, so I'm excited for that. That actually starts. Yeah, week.
1: Really? Well, yeah. hell yeah, dude, that's exciting. Yeah, man. Hopefully you know, coming so out on top with man. the win, but and dude, I'm telling
0: you, when you like, when you take on a task and you do it for someone else, like, man, you are so much more capable, I believe, you know, like I'm doing this being like, man, I want to inspire the next generation, you know? And it's like, I've been waking up the past week in excruciating pain, you know, like, like even before I did this interview today, like, I felt like I was going to throw up because of the pain and like, dude, I had to like take a bunch of deep breaths and be like, all right, come on. like, and it's like, but I can, I can do it because it's for something bigger than myself, you know? Like,
1: yeah, exactly, man. Like, I was having, you know, slight hesitant about uh, getting on here just because, you know, I'm not the most uh, comfortable speaking, which, I mean, I've been working on it because I really do want to, you know, be an advocate for hemophilia and, you know, go up on the stage and be able to talk with it. And that's why I think getting on here today with you is just kind of helping me take that step and being able to kind of pretty much do what you're doing is I just want to be able to inspire the yeah, dude, because generation your story of leaders.
0: is so freaking important. And that's why I wrote that down, man. I wrote that down on here. And I was like, that was one of the things I just wanted, you know, I, I want you to believe in that, you know, I want everyone to believe in that, you yeah. know, like the adversity, the adversity that we go through, like, man, our adversity is an opportunity to help other people. You know, if you push yourself through that and you can, and you, and you actually focus on those like key you know, steps or the framework that you use to overcome your adversity, dude, you're going to be able to use that for the rest of your life to help people who are going through the same exact situation. And if you can just like constantly put that into perspective and be like, man, I don't know who it is, but one day I'm going to, I'm going to be there to change their life. And, you know, it's like, such a level of unselfishness, you know, where you're just putting your life out there for that bigger purpose
1: exactly man i just it feels so good to be able to inspire and you know just the younger generation and the bleeders because you know when we were young it just we took such a toll
0: i I didn't have social media like this when i was young yeah you know i couldn't just connect with anyone and i didn't i didn't know a single soul until i was in my 20s so exactly man
1: it's such it's a lonely feeling yeah and you know when you're the only one all life like that you know you think you're alone so but I, this is why I'm so grateful for these podcasts and just with all the social media and stuff and all the links and, you know, yeah. resources we have now. And yeah. I was uh, talking to my little brother the other day about how I was going to be on the podcast with you. And, you know, I showed him and he's been into fitness here recently and he's you a know, real skinny guy. So yeah. he, th- he thinks he's, yeah, has abs, but he's just kind of <laughs> really skinny. But I showed him, you know, yeah. some of what you do and stuff like that. And, you know, he was amazed and, you know, inspired too. So I think it's That's just
0: awesome. It's just
1: amazing that.
0: Yeah, man. It's just like, you know, bodybuilding just happens to be a passion that I fell into, you know, and it's like, and, and it's just, that's all you got to do. You know, it's just like, find your, find your platform, you know, your way to like connect with people. And like, for me, dude, it was always like this crazy fire inside of me and I was going to use it with golf first. And I was like, man, I just want to show the world this fire that's inside of me. Like, Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like, how do I show that? And then with bodybuilding, it became like, you don't have to say a word. Like you put in the work you're, and you're going to present something that sh- like, you can just look and be like, something yeah. something's different about that guy, you know? Like, okay. and so like, that's what I love about like the art of bodybuilding is like everything that I feel inside, I can show on the outside, you know, like that yeah. fire that's inside of me. And, and maybe not everyone will connect with it but the people who suffer from bleeding disorders will, because they'll be like, holy fuck. Like, how the hell do you look it, like that? <laughs> yeah. They know that it, it took something extra to like, look like this, you know, as oh, well, yeah. as while battling that. So, so yeah, I man, yeah. it's just, it's just fun, man. It's just fun to find your thing, you know? Oh yeah. And go and with
1: it. I've, I feel I've always been like interested, you know, within the healthcare field, but, I don't know if, cause like classes have been getting harder, like depression is just sinking and just like, you know, I've been struggling financially. I just, I've been possibly rethinking is this really like what I want to pursue? But then I think, well, this is just kind of like the depressed me talking, you know, this is, yeah. I think this is what I I know this is what I want to pursue. It's just, I got to stop being, you know, letting that sadness overcome mm-hmm. me being able to push the next step.
0: Yeah, man. And that, uh, you just made me think of something, you know, like, um, when I do, cause I, my story is like, I always like, say like six years ago, I hit rock bottom where I wanted to commit suicide. I, I didn't want to live anymore. And it was when I lost golf. And when, um, the doctors told me my liver was on the final stage of liver cirrhosis because of the hepatitis C that I got, um, when I was a kid Yeah. and dude, like it's, it's mortality motivation, you know, like I, I was doing research on it and I was like, man, if I, if I get this liver replacement, most people don't only live, you know, 20 years after a liver replacement or, you know, like I was just reading all these statistics and I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is it for me. Like, this is, this could be it. Like, like, like what? And then you start to think like, you know, and do I have a purpose? Like, yeah. Well, what, what am I doing here? You know, you just start to think about everything. And yeah. so that's when it all changed for me. And, you know, now I just focus on like, I, I created during that time though, when I decided, Hey, listen, you know what? Fuck this shit. This is my story. This is my fucking story. And I, for the first, up until that point, when I was, when I was, when I hit rock bottom, I was like, okay, cool. Hemophilia, you won. All right. You, you dictated my life. You wrote my story. But that's fucking it. I'm the author of my book, and I even I have a I did a um, a newsletter with Lori Kelly a long time ago that's published out there somewhere, and it was it's called My Story Rewritten, and that was my mindset, dude. I was like, I'm the fucking author of this story, and I'm going to I'm going to sit down and and literally find that clarity. I'm gonna write down, you know, what does my perfect life look like? What does it feel like? You know how am I going to look? What are my relationships going to be like? And I literally just painted that picture, and and then I created this like compass. What I is what I like to call it. It's a it's a, a compass statement. And mine was use adversity to change lives. And so, when I started the journey, I was like, okay, that statement is my compass. Yeah. So I'm going to go down this path and this could, it could take me 10 years because take me 20 years, but I'm always going to keep that statement in mind. Whenever I do anything, whenever I start a new job, whenever I have new opportunities, whenever, whatever it is that I go through in life, if I get off track a little bit, I'm going to ask myself, is this, if I do this step, is it going to help me to use adversity to change lives? Yeah. That's, that's a good way to look at it, man. And and so, yeah, it's just—it's been crazy, man. I just—I've been, been able to stay on that and build things like the podcast or Hemo Life when I created Hemo Life. And, um,
1: exactly, man. It's got to feel good to you know look back to when you first started bodybuilding, and you know, I saw the picture the other day of when you were first beginning, and you know, man, it's yeah, you know, c- completely different LA. It, so
0: yeah, it just it, yeah, I just completely rebuilt myself from the ground up. I was just like, you know, I I, I did I wasn't raised with success habits or, you know, like yeah. anything, I wasn't raised to to learn how to be a good partner for someone in a relationship. Yeah, It was like, dude, I had to find those answers. I had to take accountability and say, you know what? I'm going to figure out what these answers are and I'm going to figure out how to reach my destination. And once I took accountability in everything that I was doing, like it, it changed my life, but it did take a long time. You know, it took, it's taken almost 10 years now of consistent, like, yeah grinding suffering people not believing in you and you know like being like i don't care i'm staying to the journey i'm sticking to the journey stick to the plan yeah but that's all i was kind of saying i mean long story short to sum it up i was just i was just thinking you know like i think that would be beneficial for you man it's just like create like some kind of compass or game plan of what you want for the rest of your life and just like you're gonna go through hard times man you're not gonna be making money sometimes you're not gonna be doing a lot of a lot of things are going to throw you off track, but like, yeah. like find that one thing that's going to always, when, you know, lead you towards your legacy, you know?
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's, I'm definitely gonna, you know, when we get off here, probably build a compass and just kind of like write down, you know, what, what you were saying, like, what does my perfect life look like? You know, what, a how yeah. do I want to be in 10 years or how do I want to be in 20 years? I think and that just... you
0: really have to find that clarity and spend that time with yourself, you know, to like be, do it in detail, you know? Yeah.
1: Like I feel like we get so caught up with like what we're doing every day. We just, mm-hmm. just becomes routine. And we don't even think yeah. about the future. We're just so caught up with what's happening today that we just yeah. keep going with the flow. And,
0: yeah, you know, and the thing is, is a lot of like when people see successful people, they think, Oh, well, if I want to be that way, I got to go zero. There's there's some big move that I got to make some gigantic thing yeah. that I gotta do to be successful like that. And really it's just, consistency, dedication, and small steps every single day that lead you to that grand destination, you know? Exactly. People don't see that, they don't don't know that they can just take these daily steps. You know, they think they have to do something completely out of their realm, but it's really right in front of your hands, you know?
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's what I tried to do when I first was like, you know, I want to be successful is pretty much drop all bad habits and everything and, you know, you quickly just pick them back up. So that's why- I've tried to just start with one thing and then wait over time and then just till I perfect that. And that's why I've been trying to work on, you know, how much they're smoking weed in the morning because it's just, yeah. If I want to be productive and, you know, get my future going, I just don't feel like that that's going to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: what I need to do. And like, yeah, it eases my uh, joint pains a little bit, but you know, is it really worth that a uh, high, you know, foggy mind
0: feeling? Yeah.
1: And just, yeah trying to learn these human anatomy classes and just all these terms and medical terminology, man. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's, it's pretty, it's like a whole new language. So That's it's daunting, just,
0: man. That's a daunting task that scares the shit out of me to even think about doing that. So you have my respect when it comes to that because I check out, I'm like,
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how far I get, but you know, this is, yeah. this is my plan as of now. So
0: yeah. But dude, like, yeah. I, I want to ask you, have you ever tried Kratom? Uh,
1: uh-uh. i've heard about it but i've never tried
0: it dude man it has changed my life and i've i will honestly say that i don't think that i would have i don't think that i would have gotten this far in my preparation for my show without it um it's crazy dude like my my anxiety has gone away my pain is more manageable with my bleeds um dude, I am so obsessed with it that I'm like thinking about investing in a business where I create my own create oh, a brand and stuff. And you, know, it's a natural leaf that's produced in Indonesia. And I thought it was just like this huge gimmicky thing. My roommates that I live with, they take it every day and they swear on it. And I've lived with them for almost two years. And I'm like, no, that's just that's stupid. Yeah. And then one day I was like, all right, let me try it. I tried it and it hits within like 10 minutes and like, it's like an amazing high. Like you just feel like life is amazing all the time, but there's no crash. There's no downside, huh. no, no flaws to it. You can focus more on the work that you're trying to accomplish. And I'm sleep. I, I used to have trouble sleeping all the time because my ankles would be in pain and yeah. be hurt. And like, I sleep like a baby now. And Hell yeah. dude, so I don't know if you, I mean, you where should, where do you, uh, where do you usually get yours through? So my roommate actually owns a shop. Uh, oh, okay. I've been trying. She has a lot of different brands, and I've been playing with different brands and strains to see which one works the best for me. Yeah. But dude, I am so I, I have such a conviction for this stuff now that I'm going to create my own brand. I feel like soon, and I'm oh, going to, yeah, dude, and because if it change, if it really does for others what it's doing for me, and our community, the, dude, this yeah. is this is a game changer. Yeah
1: this would definitely help out a lot of people man
0: i want to i, mean, I want to you know. see so i'm not i'm not 100% convinced yet because i know i know it's working for me but i want to see if it helps others too you need to uh,
1: send me the send me a link or just like let me know dude, which one that you are
0: let's talk about it um and i'll i'll actually i'll send you some too like afterwards okay. Okay. i'll send to you yeah. okay. just so i can get some feedback and see if yeah. it's yeah.
1: really you know like as someone who's try it smoke sweet heavy i feel like this would be a great you know substitution because mm-hmm. yeah dude, the so habit like, of Sorry. If, you
0: take, if you take like five grams and below it's kind of like a like a like a, a it really helps with focus and it's kind of like a um it's almost like a cocaine effect, yeah. dude it's crazy Damn. and if you take more than five grams like five to like 15 then it, it actually connects to your um where they call it um, opioid receptors oh. in your brain. And it, so it almost has like a, a Vicodin effect of some sort, Damn. but too, but there's no, but with no downside though, like no crashing, no feeling sick. Like it, it makes you, it makes you feel like life's amazing all the time.
1: Yeah. And plus, you know, you don't have to take some pharmaceutical. Pain yeah. at all. Dude,
0: I, I, okay. So I actually, I'm, a, I'm kind of ranting too much for the podcast, no, but no, yeah. I, uh, I just stopped my depression meds today and I, I know you're not supposed to, but because of the Kratom, I've been doing so good. Like I was like, all right, I'm done. I want to see if I can stop my depression meds. Cause I hate taking them. I hate that, that I have yeah. to live and survive off of, you know, pharmaceutical medications to make me not Yeah. Medicine. So I'll keep you updated on that stuff. And yeah. Dude, let me like know. But, I'd
1: yeah. like to hear about in like a, a week or so how, you know, you're doing yeah. with your depression and stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, let's see what else, what else I got for you, man. Um, What about like, I wanted to ask you about morning routines. Like, is there anything that like you do like throughout a daily basis that has helped you out at all? Um,
1: I, I find when I like wake up and just like jump out of bed instead of like waking up and just, you know, rolling over and then going back to sleep helps me. I'll I'll get up and try to like uh, wash my face. So, you know, I get just the cold water on my face. So, you know, it helps me wake up or just. I have a little dog, so I got to take her out. So I just, yeah, something to get me out of bed. Cause if not, then I just find myself not wanting to do really anything. And then yeah, I'm just stuck in a dark room laying on a bed. So, but I think once you wake up, it's a good idea to just try to go ahead and get up and not lay there. Cause then you're just going to get stuck.
0: Yeah. Cause I was asking, cause I know I've gone through it. And I'm sure a lot of us go through it where when you are depressed, you wake up and you're just like, I think I'll just lay in bed the rest of the day. Like there's no point. Yeah. Why, why yeah. should I get up? There's no point, you know?
1: Yeah. Expect Like if I have nothing really going on, it's just like, why? I don't have nothing to do. So I'm just going to, or even if I do have something going on, you know, sometimes the depression will just take over like that. So, yeah. But
0: Yeah. for the
1: most part, you know, I still try to show up to events and stuff like that and try to be around people. So, you know, it just wasn't stuck alone with my depression, but you know how it feels to be yeah. depressed. So,
0: yeah, man. Like w- one thing that I want to, I want to like challenge people who are listening to this podcast and also you, if, you know, like one thing that I've done that changed my life when I was depressed, you know, cause I, before this podcast, I was thinking to myself, well, when I, w- when I was at my all time low, what are some things that I did that really worked and really pulled me out of that funk? Yeah. And one thing um, that I did, it's like this acronym called time. So it's T I M E. And I would wake up every single morning, and I have a journal. And where is it? It's actually it's under here. Let me see. So I have this journal right here, and you can see I've I mean I've pretty much have like gone through it like every every single day.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) see it. Um, but every single day, dude, I write down that acronym time, and. The T stands for thankfulness. The I stands for insight. The M stands for meditation and the E stands for exercise. And so every day I start my day off um, with the T thankfulness. And I write down everything that I'm thankful for, Um, you know, for the, on this day, January 25th, I put, I'm thankful for my house, thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for the, the gym. Um, well, yeah, man. I'm thankful for new opportunities that are coming into my life. I'm thankful for the ability to keep on learning new things, you know? So that's, dude, I'm t- gratitude and thankfulness has changed my life. And, and I've always heard about that and I never put it into play and I challenged myself to do it for one month. And I was like, it's, and when you first start doing it, it seems so petty. And like, seems like it's really not going to do anything. But then all of a sudden, dude, I don't know when it hits, but it hits and you just go like, wow. Something's different. Yeah. And it's like, something is different about me. Something's different about my days and dude, it. When you constantly wake up and you think about what you're grateful for and thankful for, and you actually put thought behind it, you don't just write it down. Like as you're writing it, you th- you're you really yeah. you're like, you know, I'm really am thankful for this stuff. You know, this yeah. is I'm so grateful for this opportunity that you know, A lot can go wrong in the day and you're like, you handle it so much better because you're so grateful for everything that you've already discussed with yourself that morning. So that's one thing that's helped. Um, Insight is like learning something new. So I like to every single day figure out what, something I want to learn and I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch a video and maybe I'll drink some coffee and I just, something new. Yeah, Um, man. And then M is meditation and I've learned, you know, I've really gotten into that lately where I practice different meditation stuff and there's so many different techniques for people to use. Yeah. And then ease exercise. I, I exercise every day. So, yeah. but dude, doing those every single day is completely transformed my life from when I was in a really bad depression stage. And, and I really think it played a big role in how I overcame that. So I kind of wanted to share that with you and with the people who are listening to the depression podcast today.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, I think I'm going to probably buy like a little journal to do that in because i feel like that'll definitely help me in the morning you know if i go straight to just thinking about what i'm thankful for instead of you know you know feeling my body and like man what hurts today or you know yeah you just instead jump to you know dude, straight to so what you're thankful powerful, for man.
0: and i and then i want people to feel that feeling of when it finally kicks in and you're just like holy shit this is working dude like this is working like
1: Exactly, man. You know, w- waking up happy is it's yeah. a good feeling. So,
0: yeah. So, I got that sign right there. So, it's gratitude. Yeah. Or grateful. Says grateful. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it's just, I just constantly remind myself, man, like life is good. And, and you
1: know, and, like, and that, that's what I try to tell myself a little bit. And, like, it, it could always be worse. And something me and my mom and uh, my friend Zach actually kind of helped me just like tell myself is, I always tell myself like, man, what if I was on fire? Like, you know, if you were yeah. literally engulfed in flames, that's that, that hurt really fucking bad. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the possibility of it happening, you know, yeah. but, you know something to help you get through the day or anything to just, you know, help you push a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I also think that time thing will help me out with uh, just kind of learning new aspects of like the human anatomy and stuff like that. Cause it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle and
0: Yeah. And that, like I said, that's the power of like just doing, like build it. Like to me, it's, it's momentum. You Every every single day, you're built, even if it's small, those small steps, dude, after a month or two, now all of a sudden, you're so much smarter. You've got so much momentum. And then you want to learn more. And then you start doing more than what you're even, what these basic yeah. steps are, you know? Like, so it's just like, it's not these major steps that change our lives. It's these little bitty habits and things that we can do that, Will really pull us out of that rut exactly man but yeah man so to end the podcast because we've been talking for about an hour an hour and four minutes um i always ask everyone you know if you were going to pass on one message say one final you know one thing to the next generation of bleeders based off of the things that you know you've overcome and you've learned in your life what, what would it be
1: hmm. i'd probably have to say definitely use your resources man like they they are there for you, you know. There's tons of people. and may you may have to do a little researching, but you know, mm-hmm. you will quickly find you know the older generation of bleeders, or even you know people just slightly older than you
0: yeah. that'll
1: help you and just like show you tricks and stuff like that, and just like some just very useful tips or just helpful resources for hemophiliacs because yeah. right. you know growing up, or definitely even for like the parents and stuff, it'd be helpful for the parents that have to like look over these kids that you know know nothing about hemophilia so just i'm just glad there's a lot more of a a platform now for it and i feel like it's just getting bigger with us so
0: yeah yeah man that's a good that's a really good message man there's because there's so many resources out there so just get involved and you know connect with people um and i mean there's there's resources for insurance there's insurances for crises that you get into throughout life you know grants for going to school scholarships and, you know, travel vouchers, if you, you know, to get an opportunity to connect with people, Yeah. you know, at different events. Well, right now with COVID, there's not much connection yeah. in person, but there will, it'll open up again. So yeah, Yeah, man, I think just utilizing resources is a, is a really good message for sure.
1: Definitely, man. Um, I just want to thank you for having me on here today, man. It was uh, yeah. definitely a good time. You know, I was yeah, excited a- about doing, it. I was telling my uh, my mom and stuff and, you know, just, whenever it's uploaded, they're excited to hear it. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't wait, man. So yeah. Thanks a lot for your time. And like, it's really cool that we were able to have this open dialogue and I hope it reaches people and helps people, you know, at least, you know, the key for me, I think is like, at least getting people to ask the right questions. Sometimes we don't know those questions to ask ourselves. So I'm hoping after they watch this, they can be like, let me ask myself those questions and see if I get somewhere. So exactly.
1: I hope this inspires somebody at least.
0: Yeah, it will.
1: I do want to say before I go, I like your Day of the Dead tattoo, I think. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, or just... yeah right here. Yeah, that's sick, man. I like yeah. it.
0: Thanks, man. So. Like, I'm dating I'm dating a Mexican girl now, so she got me inspired to get a Day of the Dead tattoo. So. There you
1: go. They take care of them. man. <laughs> All, right. <laughs>
0: All right, bro. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate your time. Yep. And, uh, I appreciate we'll, you, man. We'll stay, we'll stay connected for sure.
1: Yes, sir.